Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's going. Yeah, it's Isn't, been a week. Um, is today like World Mental Health Day or something? Oh, my gosh. I'm sure I heard <gasps> that. Oh, my God. Yes, it, it is. is. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Yes. Um, October 10th. So today is World Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. And ironically, I don't feel so healthy today. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm having one of those off days where I'm just not quite with it, mm-hmm. not quite there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know why October 10th was chosen, but it might be like, I, I'm finding it's very, very hard to transition here in the Northern Hemisphere from summer to winter. Mm. And these are like really hard days for people. Yeah days yeah, are shorter it's definitely odd. it gets dark really quick it yeah. just feels really the evenings feel really like long and late and mm-hmm. yeah it's cold out the summer fun yeah the, it just feels less opportunity you need to put on clothes mm. you can't sort of be that carefree walking around without a jacket at 10 at night yeah. that sort of thing i know it's hard um yeah. oh yeah it's been a week in in my head oh for sure like it's <laughs> it's been a time yeah it's not yeah. it and it's hard you know when um i you know i from there's a car that I will pass that has a bumper sticker like don't believe everything you think Mm. and you know we get really tied into sort of our feelings and our thoughts and we Mm. believe them to be true and if they're negative if they're along a negative rut then we feel that everything in reality is negative and in a rut it's very hard to sometimes like we're not our feelings we're not our thoughts um and and a lot of mental health is is help working with professionals to help us to sort of bring our thoughts out of a negative bias and a negative rut and in, into something that yeah. serves us a bit more but it's a process mm-hmm. anybody who's yeah. struggling with mental health it's a it's a battle it's a journey it is and it it's is. super common and we're all human so we all have moments and off days and mm-hmm. points that just don't quite feel right absolutely yeah and then a lot of it passes and nothing lasts forever yeah. and yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Very trim. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's lift the mood let's, a little. Uh, bit. <laughs> let's let's move it on. <laughs> yes. So let's go. Um, should we do the love desk? Yes, please. What's what's okay. shaken? Right. So um, a little bit of research for you. Mm-hmm. So I read this article and it says in the mood, and this is all about um, just for laughs is the title here. So it says a good sense of humor really can help you find love or at least some lust, mm, okay. with psychologists rating it as the top flirting technique. Mm. So a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. It says research in Norway and America found that making someone laugh is a better way to signal an attraction than eye contact and smiling. Mm. Although these are good starting positions, it says. Mm. The study um, by the co-author Rebecca Birch says... It's not only effective to be funny, but it's also very important to show your potential partner that you think they are funny too. Mm. Mm-hmm. You do often, like, if, if people list kind of the traits that they like, sense of humor is always up there, isn't it? it do you not know, think it the majority is. of people say, mm-hmm. I want somebody who can make me laugh? 
It's true. But here's the thing. So it, like if you if you're on dating apps and you realize that like mm. people talk about a number of things that doesn't mean anything. Like I like to travel or what's on your bucket list next mm. or where are you going next or what kind of things do you like to watch on TV? I, I find it just so substanceless. Um because mm. what's real is sort of underneath there somewhere. When it comes to humor, everyone talks about like must make me laugh or I'm going to make you laugh. Mm. What I commonly see which is a total red flag for me is sarcasm. So people who believe that humor and sarcasm are synonymous, mm. um, sarcasm is rooted in negativity and it often sort of yeah. will make fun and, and poke fun. And, um, so that's not the same for me as humor. Anyways, I kind of get no. going on a bit of a humor. I think it can, it can be a stand in term or trait that in some ways can be very negative, uh, and mm. some ways can be beautifully positive. So absolutely, like making somebody laugh or being entertained by somebody, um, yeah. you know, la um, finding the light side, not taking yourself too seriously, allowing somebody mm. to make you laugh is an incredibly amazing trait. Yes. Yeah. I'm kind of, it, for some reason, that humor thing, I'm like, yeah, but sarcasm, like, is not the same. I don't know why that's really kind of yeah, hitting for me. Yeah, well, I don't think it's nice if somebody else feels ridiculed or they feel like they're the butt of the joke, like, that's not, mm -hmm. not right, like my two top values are fun and fairness mm. like so for me that kind of more sarcastic side or somebody poking fun at somebody wouldn't work for me oh, yeah um but I genuinely I love to laugh so oh. somebody that makes me laugh and you can have some fun with then oh, yeah. and they've got a good sense of humor then that's that's up there for me oh and so for you sure. would say that that's more important than the look in their eyes or eye contact or whatever like are you bowled over yeah. by humor I just think it creates a whole different connection. So mm. you just have a different connection, I think, with somebody oh. when you can laugh together. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I have so many more questions about humor. But anyways, okay. Because <laughs> I tend to be sometimes quite serious. Sometimes I forget to laugh and and not take myself mm. too seriously. So I love that fun because I, I take myself too seriously to be able to release and have fun. That's part of my journey. Yeah. In the years ahead is I want to be able to get vulnerable and to relax my mm. defenses and to be able to have more fun and enjoy more humor. These are things that yeah. it, when you're so when you're anxious or wound up or you're scared to get mm. vulnerable, you're not able to allow humor. It's like going to a massage and you're so sort of anxious and yeah. that you can't allow somebody's hands to sort of allow your muscles to relax. You don't mm. get much benefit out of a massage session if you're not willing to submit and to enjoy humor, you have to and be able to, to submit. Relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm -mm. Interesting. Lots wow. of stuff in there. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I get. It. I like the love desk. That's an awesome uh, piece of research <laughs> for us. Well, we do like a bit of research on the love yes, desk. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, lady. Uh, I think we're okay. warmed up. Mm -hmm. Are you ready for a hot topic? Yeah, let's do it. If you can love that strongly, you can love again. <laughs> oh. oh, heartbreak. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What if somebody is listening to this and they are currently going through a breakup or a divorce? Mm. How do we speak to that person? I think first and foremost, give yourself some grace mm. and 
um, some compassion mm-hmm. because often we can have there's a, there can often be kind of a lot of shame uh, feelings of rejection um, be worried about whether you've made the right decision if it was your decision or upset if you weren't the one that instigated it and it wasn't your decision mm-hmm. so it's it's not often that it's kind of you know there's some mutual consent there and you just both go oh yeah you know this isn't really kind of this isn't working is it and you both just agree and then you kind of you know you're off just having a cup of tea somewhere Mm. it's very rare that that happens there's often one party that is the instigator who Mm. says this isn't for me anymore and the other party's kind of got a whole different view about the relationship and um and and you know whether it's working or not so I think that can then we can then get a lot of those feelings, whether that's kind of rejection, shame, uncertainty, fear, mm-hmm. a lot of those and anxiety can come with it. Mm-hmm. So I definitely give yourself some grace is the first point. Yeah, because this this hot topic is rooted in the grief of yeah. I love something so much. Yeah. I feel like my heart is being ripped out of my chest. I feel like I'm going to die and I don't mm. think I will ever feel this again. It's like yeah. my life is over. Yeah. That's where this hot topic yeah. is rooted. Oh. Yeah. And, the, and it's so real. Like the feeling is so real. Mm. And it can make you like, you know, can stop kind of everything. It stops you from wanting to eat. It stops you from wanting to kind of socialize. It mm-hmm. it can like just physically, it's it can be debilitating. And you, you just don't feel like you're the same person. Oh, that heartache. You actually feel. Oh, you do. Pain yeah. in your chest, pain, tightness. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Can feel it. some people may feel it in the throat, you know, like yeah. you can get it in all different parts of your body, and it's really important to try and tune into that, um, and also to know that that those feelings will pass; they don't last forever. Yeah, it just feels really shitty at the time, it, and it comes in waves when you're breaking yeah. up. You can feel like the, oh, there's good moments in my day, and then especially yeah. like at work, that's why people bury themselves in work because yeah, they, it numbs them and it forget well and they they bury themselves in the bottle or they bury themselves in gambling yeah. or other th- or, or retail therapy or a yeah. rebound yeah ways to be able to avoid these horrible waves of feeling yeah 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 but it does pass i yes. think is you know the most important thing to hold on to mm-hmm. is you you are not going to feel like this forever and i think you know around this subject of this hot topic like can i love again we're all so capable of love Mm. and we choose whether to get involved with somebody or not. We choose whether to give our um, heart and our whole selves to somebody or not. Mm -hmm. And if you have been in love and you have had what felt like the best relationship you've ever had, you know what that feeling looks like. And it can be really hard because then Mm. that belief that I could get that again with somebody else Mm. feels impossible. It feels impossible to to take that belief and to run with it but it really it genuinely is possible if you have loved somebody and you felt those feelings you're more than capable of it mm-hmm. and we do love more than one person in a lifetime yes because there is no such thing as just one person who's meant to be yeah there's a bunch of people on this planet that we can actually develop strong feelings for and create a life in a relationship with there's a bunch yeah. of candidates out there it's yeah. who we choose to when we choose to invest our love and our vulnerability into somebody it's yeah it's not just one person out there and often the reason that we can't we can't move on or we're not receptive to love or we're not finding kind of the right that 
you know, the right people are being attracted to us or us to them, it's because we're holding ourselves back subconsciously. Yep. So in the subconscious mind, we're, we're having all of those negative thoughts about, I'm not, you know, I'll never meet anybody like my partner. They were just perfect, you know, and often we can put people on a pedestal that we've had mm-hmm. past relationships with and we forget about some of the other things that maybe we didn't like so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start to, to view it with a quite a romanticized um, history. We can rewrite history as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really good at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so because of that, we're rooted in this past relationship. We're not able to move on where we are physically holding ourselves back. Mm-hmm. We're doing it in a subconscious manner because of the messages that we're telling ourselves. Oh, totally. I think too, and there's a lot of women that I coach who ha- are stuck in a pattern where they tend to choose guys who are emotionally unavailable or don't, who don't mm. treat them well. And it's a really hard thing to feel trapped by a certain pattern because you're only attracted to unavailable guys. And when there's a guy who's very available and very open and ready for a relationship, you don't you just don't find him attractive. And yeah. It's so hard to be trapped in that. I think one of the hard things, though, is when going through a breakup with somebody who is emotionally unavailable, like perhaps you actually ended it because you were like, you you can't give me what I need, but it breaks my mm. heart to leave you because I love you. Because, you know, sometimes or often love is not enough. When you're walking away from a relationship, not because you're not in love with them, but because you had to love yourself more, oh, it's the mm. hardest thing. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like I'll never love somebody who will treat me well. Yeah. And that is a real, like, I get that. That's a very scary feeling. Mm. Um, but that is something that we can sort of work on and, and start to think about attracting different en- energy to our lives and just knowing that we've loved intensely before and we can love yeah. again. And maybe in between relationships, we can start to adjust the, you know, point your arrow in a different direction and welcome a different Mm. energy into your life. Work on that feeling of deserving because a lot of us don't feel we ultimately deserve things. So we attract relationships to us that reinforce that feeling of I'm not worthy because there's people who are unavailable to us and they keep telling us you're not worthy because I'm not ready. Yeah. Yeah. It is possible to change our filters and to start to re- print some of the messages that we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. and and to attract different people but it's a very big process but it still means that if you've loved this intensely you can love again yeah Mm -hmm. feels really sad today oh my gosh I tell you (laughs) but you know yeah it's because it's where we are well that's where I am I'm in a I'm in a place of sadness and that's okay Mm. but this really resonates I would Mm. much prefer to listen to a podcast where we're you know, I really hate toxic positivity. When I'm in grief, when I'm experiencing loss, I don't want to listen to somebody being wanting to gloss over and rush me to the happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge, isn't it? When something ends, when a relationship ends, um, particularly if it's a relationship that you've been in for quite some time, Mm -hmm. being able to see a positive future or see a positive outcome or look for the opportunity in all of that can just feel impossible Mm -hmm. and if somebody says that to you that then you know they're you want to take the head off like there's plenty of fish in the sea yeah you just you can't exactly exactly you know you're not in that space where you we need to go through a process of healing of rebuilding to be able to then as you say attract who it is that we want to attract but I do think a lot of the time it is that we need to focus on who is it that we want to attract not you know kind of 
you know a name age number but Mm -hmm. what type of relationship do we want to be in what didn't work last time and how do I want things to be different in the next relationship Mm -hmm. and really set yourself up for some success in the future by you know when you're ready when you're ready to do some of that reflection just really thinking about actually if I got to write my perfect relationship what would it look like that's very that's so important and that's the hardest thing as I'm working with clients is the blank slate because Mm -hmm. all they can do is think about think through the limitations and the lenses of their former relationships. So I've worked with a client who I'm like, well, what kind of activities would you like to share with a partner in the future? And they started mm. listing off all of the activities that their former partner liked or were into. Yeah. And it was so hard for them. And I said, you know, well, you know, imagine the countless things and activities and sports and whatever that you could actually be involved in. What has always fascinated you? And it's very, very hard to start to put down mm. colors on that blank canvas yeah it is it is but it's it is a real chance to create something completely different if something hasn't been working for you and you've been you know doing the same if you had the same pattern the same cycle mm-hmm. over and over again and you're never getting a different result sometimes we just need to mix that up a bit it's funny my my good friend uh he says that insanity is doing the same thing over and over mm. again and expecting a different result yeah <laughs> it's so true yeah. But it's true, though. Yeah. And when I work with my clients, um, particularly those who are just wanting to show up in a different way, and in real time, we're coaching. So as we, I send them off after every session, and they, you know, the the goal is not to make these radical, huge changes, because oftentimes, Mm. the huge changes like, like moving to another country or totally changing your physical appearance, that feels meaningful, but sometimes it Mm. isn't. It's more a facade and you're hiding behind something. But if you just change the way that your chess pieces are arranged on the board, just a little movement, it's going to create a cascade of different um, circumstances around you. Like people will treat you differently. The the entire board will shift if if you just move your chess piece in just a bit of a different way. So it doesn't have to be like these massive changes. It can be just a little bit. Like when you're introducing yourself to somebody rather than tying yourself to championship wins of the past, like, oh, my title was this and that job. And we, you know, achieved this much in sales in this year or whatever. Mm. Detach yourself from those stories, because that's not you. That's, that's just something that you experienced in the past. And start introducing yourself in a different way. Show us some, mm. try out something a bit different. Yeah. Tell us about how important family is to you as, as a way of introducing yourself. So there's mm. just so much that we can do. But I agree, when when you're going through the darkest times, just remember, I loved so intensely, I can love again, because I'm awesome. (laughs) I think that's the thing that can get you through anything, is just reminding yourself, I'm pretty awesome. I feel pretty shit right now, but I'm pretty awesome, and I'm deserving of good things. I I do think that people really struggle with um, looking for their own successes, so looking at the things that they're really good at and talking about those, I think we generally as human beings aren't great at that at championing ourselves yeah and particularly for relationships broken down and you're gonna look at all the negatives that are associated with that mm-hmm. rather than actually i'm a bloody decent person and yeah. I'm a, you know i'm a catch for somebody mm-hmm. and these are all the reasons why <laughs> it's so true yeah again just because a relationship didn't and it's not like didn't work out but wasn't a long-term or as long-term yeah. as you had hoped it doesn't mean that it was a failure. It doesn't mean that it didn't work out because it had a, a purpose. 
there was somebody who, in response to the question, like, how do you know you found your forever person? Or how do you know you found the one? And they were like, well, mm. you know, after we've been married 40 years, and one of us is on our deathbed, and at the last breath of either me or them, I will in that moment be like, yeah, I found the one. <laughs> because <laughs> retros- retrospectively, you're like, well, I guess we lasted the distance. But the funny thing is, like, it's a cynical view because really like we don't know we can always in retrospect say whether that was the one Mm. or not whether this was the relationship to last the distance but we don't know going in we just kind of have to take a leap of faith so you've loved you will love again you might love several times in this lifetime you might get your heart broken many many times but grief is the price you pay for love which is apparently what the queen said it's true i think we brought that up we did a few weeks ago <laughs> yeah very good memory no i know yeah. oh. but it's hard as shit so it is we're there for the feels i think yeah it's sticking with it it's believing that it is possible and just take things one step at a time yeah and the one thing that you have is yourself and that's all we'll ever have we're leaving we're leaving mm. this lifetime with ourselves anyways and nothing else nobody else um it's really cool when you're going through a grief is just to have little moments where you're amused by yourself or you're like, man, I really love that about myself. Um, fall in love with your emotional vulnerability. Fall in love with your grief yeah. and your pain. Just be amazed at how incredible your capacity to feel the all emotions on the emotional rainbow. Yeah, very well said. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Should we do a question? Let's do it. All right. Today's question was a really, really long question. So I'm just going to kind of summarize the essence of the question because um, we'd need to probably double the length of the podcast if we didn't do that. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So so this listener, the question is about, she um, is married and her husband and um, she went on a bit of a journey of exploration trying to understand herself a bit better and particularly around her career and should she change careers you know and so as part of this she went through um, through a series of, of learning how to do some meditation and really getting in touch with that more spiritual side mm-hmm. now she asked her husband to join her on this spiritual journey to which he declined mm-hmm. and then a few months later she then joined another program, again, still along the same lines of spirituality. And um, this time her husband did join her. And um, this whole situation has now taken over his life, where he is meditating for two, three hours a day. And that's all he wants to talk about. And then the little dilemma, they were in a Facebook group together. And he posted and said... Um, my family and friends don't support me on this. And she saw the post. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. So what does she do? Yeah, she's a little bit upset about <laughs> of that. Of course. And wants to know how to handle it. It's so funny. Hey, number one, like, careful what you wish for. Number two, yes. monster created. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, this is awesome. This is awesome. Um. So essentially... Her journey for change kind of 
just helped inspire like a train that went way off the rails of what she expected in terms of her husband's Mm. journey. And now her husband is Mm. like, maybe not giving credit where credit is due in terms of where the idea came in the first place. But, Mm. and it's funny and history is so funny, right? Because she's like, Hey, look, if you, if it weren't for me badgering you, you would never have found meditation. He may see history in in a bit of a different way. He might've been like, well, you know, I was actually into it when I was in my early twenties. He may Mm. forget that you, you know, he may actually say, look, my inspiration came from, it predates you, but it was this yeah. sort of in, you know, so it's so funny, like we're such small minded people. We like to take credit for things in our in our spouse's life. Um, mm-hmm. We get um, threatened when they go on journeys and they seem to go in off in a different direction than us. We want to kind of hold them down, tie them down, take credit for stuff. Well, there's a bit of control there as well, isn't there, about... Mm-hmm you know, I want you to do it, but I want you to do it my way. Mm. And, um, and I want you to have the same experience that I've got. And I want you to commit the same amount of time that I'm committing Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't take over everything. So there's, there's that expectation Mm. of, in that control element, you know, I I want you to do it on my time scales. And I want to remain the main character in this. And I want you to be a side character in this meditation Mm. journey. So don't love meditation more than I do. Because yeah. it's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are children in a relationship. We really are. Yes. <laughs> it's mine. Oh. It's mine's You can be, yeah. I want you to do it because it serves me in my storyline in this sort of mm. like hero of my own story sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's some fear factor in this as well though, because oh. when our partners go changing mm. and the change too much in our opinion, and mm-hmm. um, that can bring out you know some terrifying thoughts like you know maybe there's a question mark of well what happens next and you know mm-hmm. what if he's now discovering this whole new side to himself and this spiritual connection mm-hmm. what does that mean about me what does it mean for the relationship and you know is there some worry there about the future and what it holds oh heck yeah and who's that hot person that he's now meditating with, right? Following their Instagram channel with a little bit too much fire and fury and no time for me anymore. And yeah, yeah. who are you going to be yeah. meeting now? Especially yeah. if there's a lot of inward and outward positive, attractive changes that are happening. Mm. And we've yeah. talked about this before. I noticed there's a fair amount of people in their 40s, 30s and 40s, 50s who get better and better with age. They mm. they ex- they might never have been interested in things, but they're, now they're finally sort of exploring and, and so forth. Yeah. And it's real. Oh, the fear is real. The the, mm. the sense of threat to the partner yeah. who feels left behind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So on that note, then, for the person asking the question, because they're probably not anticipating mm. this, what's the most, what's the hardest thing that they may want to hear reflected back to them? Or maybe the thing that they the thing that nobody else will tell them, similar to like that Mm. fear or those limiting, you know, when this person shares this question, they might be expecting a certain, they may be wanting to hear a certain thing. What's the thing that they need to hear, but it's not what they want to hear. I think the thing that you need to hear is that you can't dictate what somebody else does with their life. You can choose whether that still works for you in your relationship. If your partner decides that they're going to go down a different path, a different route and you know that is their choice they and we can't we can't say you can't do that Mm -hmm. I'm not 
I'm not the boss of you <laughs> and you're not the boss of me. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of how it works. And sometimes things will happen where we go, actually, I don't, I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. And we've got a choice. We're always in choice. And that's something that we often forget. But again, you know, it comes down to that communication kind of, and really digging beneath what is it that I'm so upset about? Is it because I no longer feel a priority in my partner's life? Is it that we don't spend enough time together? You know, understand that for yourself before you then approach a conversation with your husband Mm -hmm. that says, look, you know, it's great that you're doing this and I do support you. Because I think that's the other thing in the question. It was about, you know, my, my family and friends don't support me. Um, so I think, you know, she's probably feeling a little bit aggrieved by that. Mm-hmm. If, you know, she's the one that's introduced it and, and feels like she is being supportive. So there's a, yeah, I think there's a definite conversation to be had. There's a little bit of soul searching to understand why it's bothering you so much. Mm-hmm. The things that bother us that, you know, sometimes we just have to sit with them a little bit and, and kind of, you know, wonder in our own mind, why, why is this niggling me? There's something, there's some reason why it's niggling me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that might be, sometimes that can be a value clash. It can be, um, it could be something that's being triggered from your from your past, from your childhood. Maybe it's making you feel unsafe. Um, but really getting in touch with some of those feelings and why they're coming up for you. Yeah. And then, yeah, a little conversation, I think, a little chat. Yeah. And to that point, it's funny because when I, when we raise these sorts of things, I notice that people want to bring the partner in on coaching sessions immediately to be able to, Mm. to be able to process their feelings by talking to their other partner. And it's, it can be very hard when I say to somebody, no, I think that you need to, we need to sit with these feelings and figure out what we feel first, rather than sort of bouncing this to our partner for them, because we're sort of outsourcing decisions then if we're, um, you know, one of the things in terms of sitting with this and understanding why this is really troubling me, one of the things like I have to smell the the scent of my own bullshit, right? <laughs> and, you know, if I were to sit with this, because I, and I, I feel this too, like, I, I know what this person feels like, I, I, I can taste this feeling. And I would mm. like to say, oh, it's triggering me or it's whatever, like maybe, but really, it's because like, I'm a small petty person. And I feel like <laughs> I own things and I have ownership. And I feel like my partner is a certain person who will never change. Um, or if they change that they'll change within the boundaries that I allow them to. I, I really believe that I own people. I'm, I'm just calling a spade a spade. Mm. I, when I get into this like monogamous relationship thing, I kind of feel like I all these petty feelings of ownership yeah. and you're mine and I control what you do and that sort of thing. And, and, and so, yeah, like the smell of my own bullshit, the bullshit is like, you're trying to like wrap your arms around the sky and, and mm. your partner's thought not. So you gotta, I mean, you're jealous and that's yeah. okay. That is what it is. And so how do I channel that je- jealousy and realize like I can't, control my partner and how do I allow them to be who they're going to be and and what's my journey Mm. and then you know how do we keep our boats connected somehow if we're sort of going to trying to step down the same path but you know when when that partner says I don't feel like I have the support of my family it's probably because like I'd be digging at them and making snide remarks about their oh you're going to go to that class again like yeah probably because I'm not supporting them I'm passive aggressively trying to hold them down and hold them back and that that's the question isn't it it's kind of if I'm upset by the fact that I feel like they think I'm not being supportive Mm -hmm. what else could I do to show that I am that I do support them ah well 
I think confront your own shit first. I think that's the <laughs> biggest thing. I, I feel like I can't support a partner until I detach my needs and expectations from mm. there. I have to be able to like take care of my own shit, yeah. get off the field and into the stands. And then I can support them from a more disconnected, dispassionate view. Not that I don't care, but where I'm not tying my own expectations to their mm. activities. Yeah. And I sort my own yeah. needs out. Yeah. Just, you know, going through some of the experiences of my past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. But yeah, getting yeah. to the heart of my own bullshit is like the key. Otherwise, if I keep swimming around and not really holding up a mirror, a mirror to myself, then I will never mm. grow in a situation like this. And I know what this caller is feeling. I know this feeling. Yeah. But these are tough, tough questions to ask of ourselves as well, aren't they? Oh, trying to explore some of that yeah. it's, it's it can be really hard yeah yeah because the your brain then tricks you into believing that you don't know what's going on oh <laughs> uh, yeah say more about that that's curious yeah so you can you know often you hear this in coaching sessions with a client when you ask you know well what what yeah. is it that's that's coming up there for you like what is it that's you know niggling or whatever the question is uh. and the the answer is always i don't know uh. Or often the answer is I don't know, mm -hmm. um, because the brain's trying to protect you and it doesn't want you to sometimes to figure things out, because that feels unsafe and scary, mm -hmm. and yeah. sometimes we don't want to be on truly honest with ourselves. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's so true. <laughs> what might be the that aha moment, and not in a not in a pleasant way, but um, what might that feel like to really like? To turn that I don't know into, well, maybe, what does that feel like to kind of finally see something that's quite true that you've been trying to overlook? I think there's a sense of freedom when you can really be that brutally honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a real sense of release and freedom that, because then I've got information and I can do something with it. Mm -hmm. We can't, you know, when I say that we're always in choice, we are always in choice um that you know at any given moment we can choose what we want to do it might have consequences and those consequences might be positive or negative but we are still always in choice mm -hmm. and when we've got more information because we're being honest with ourselves about who we are we are then more likely to make choices that are going to be better for us in the long run mm -hmm. they might not feel so great in the short term but they will be in the long run because we're more in touch with who we are. We're more honoring the person that we are and the person we want to become mm. um, in the future. Mm. True. So what would be possible, like with the person asking this question and you kind of get the archetype and get a sense mm. of what's going on, what might be possible once this person reckons with that truth? What can you see them doing in terms of the change in their approach, a change in their outlook, their communication with their husband? Mm. Well, I think anything's possible. You know, one way to turn it completely around would be to say, well, actually, what does that give me the opportunity to do while he's meditating for three or four <laughs> hours a day? You know, what are all those things that I've popped uh, aside that I've never done because you know, I'd, I'm fearful that if I go and do things on my own, then, you know, my husband's not going to feel like we're connected or, mm. you know, I've got, to, I, I may feel like I've got to do things on his terms or, um, you know, we can get bound, bound together in a relationship, mm. which means that it can often be very difficult to go and do the things that you truly want to, mm -hmm. you know, so if you suddenly have 
you know, an extra couple of hours a day, like what would you want to do with it? Mm. You know, is there a way to, you know, the other, the other aspect to explore is compromise, right? Mm. So is there a way that you can explore, you know, a position that would work for both of you? So you get Mm. a bit of a win-win out of it where, you know, maybe there's some limitation. Maybe it's not kind of every single day is, is four hours. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, or you reserve one special day that is your time together. Mm -hmm. If that's something that's important to you. Yeah. That's really cool. We've we've Mm got to, we've got to be able to get out of a relationship, what we, what we want to, and it's got to feel like it's equitable. And I don't mean that it's going to be a hundred percent of the time because it's not. Mm -hmm. There are times when you need to kind of step up, pick up the slack, do, do a bit extra, put in kind of more of the work and, and effort into the relationship. But generally across the board, it should be something that's fairly equitable. And if yeah. one party, like in this situation, feels like it's not equitable and and I'm not getting my needs met because you're off satisfying your own needs somewhere else, right. then, you know, that there needs to be some discussion to bring that back in line to get yeah. some, you know, to get some balance. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, okay. This is really cool. This has provoked mm-hmm. a lot of thought in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it does make you think quite a bit, though, doesn't it, about, you know, who we are as people and who we are as, as a couple mm-hmm. and how things are, are different. And But I genuinely feel like we don't own anybody, like, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I think it was easier if we did. I know. <laughs> I know. That's so, so true. Yeah. And it's the, again, it's the thing that nobody expects us, or nobody uh, appropriately teaches us in the West, um, because we Mm. have this codependent sort of teaching from all our films and media and stuff when really Mm. to learn how to let each other be their own individual, but as well as moving in the same direction generally, it is so hard. I am still on that quest. I have no idea. I mean, sometimes Mm. it's just easier to not be in a relationship because you really dislike the person you become this small minded, yeah. jealous, controlling, uh, I'm yeah. speaking of myself in particular. And sometimes it's just easier to be single because yeah. then I don't have to reckon with that part of myself that I find so unattractive. And I just hate, you know, being trapped in that box that yeah. of, of something that I become. So what a, what a beautiful thing to start to explore that you can love deeply commit and get vulnerable and also allow somebody to be free because then you get to be free. And and not yeah. completely like unattached from any obligation. It's not that. Yeah, you've got to have, yeah, you've, you've got to be connected, but still have that, that independence. Yeah. That is a lifelong path to try to strike that balance. It is. Mm-hmm. We're all trying. We're all trying. That's all we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all we're doing. Yeah. One day at a time. <laughs> that's right. Some days <laughs> better than others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for gosh. sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay. All right. Good for thought. Indeed. Indeed. Well, Mm. October musings. There you go. Yes. Something to chew on. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing the podcast with me. Thank you for sharing the podcast. It's like a little bit of warm pumpkin pie on this descent into winter for here, (laughs) us here in the Northern Hemisphere. Yes. Yeah. All righty. Well, till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. 
If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.